Welcome to Fitness in the World with Benjamin Kasanja. He's saying that he's made all these things known to them because they are, and, and that qualifies them to be friends. Because as servants, he wouldn't have told them everything. Recently, we were, we were talking about consecration and we were talking about the highest level being of a bond servant. And many times, many Christians get stuck here. Many Christians will say, I'm not a servant, I'm a friend. I'm not a friend, I'm not a servant, I'm now a son. You know, we, we normally think, yeah, now God doesn't call you a servant. He calls you a, a friend. No, he took it higher. That was before Jesus died. He calls us. But you see, if you go on reading the Bible, you realize that these are still used by people after the cross. You'll see Paul refer to himself as a servant. Peter referred to himself as a servant. Even a born servant. And you'll see them uh, relate with God as friends and all this. This is it. We are sons. We are friends. And we are servants. Praise the Lord. This that he was telling them, he was telling them, you're not mere servants. You're not mere servants. And getting to the level of a born servant like we had shared, that is a level you get to by choice. You get to that level and you know, you know he's called you a friend, you are a son, and you're like, I want to be a born servant. Just like the born servant in the Hebrew culture, I've talked about that, that the king had a servant who had been so loyal to him, a servant that had been very good. And after many years of serving the king, 20 years, 30 years, 15 years, very faithful, the king would release them to go and be free. He would actually build for them a mansion or a mini palace, put servants for them also, wives and whatever they need. Let them go and be served. Let them live in a little paradise. And a bond servant will tell the king, thank you for all that, but I want to serve you. I want to be the first person you talk to when you wake up. I want to be the one who brings your coffee every morning. Those kings took coffee. I want to be, you know, that was, that was a bond servant. And then a map was put in his ear to show to the public that he is a slave by choice. Because you see, once you got out there and you are, you are a slave, you would be arrested because they would think you've escaped from your master and all that. But once they see this, they realize this one is a slave. He, he was given freedom that he gave up to be a born servant. And that is the highest level as we serve God. It is the highest level that we choose to be born servants. We choose to be the ones he can call on. We choose to be the available ones. We choose to be the ones that... God, if you're sending anyone to East Pokot, let it be me. If you, you want anyone to give money for this, I'm here. If you want anyone to preach to so-and-so, I'm available. That we choose to be a born servant. We give up our rights for his. That's a very high level. And we cannot, you can only attain that level if you, you're really a friend. I'm sure these people had become friends to the king as they served the king. And it is only a friend who can make a choice to become a born servant. Praise the Lord. It is only a friend who can do that. So, God speaks to us. Why does he want us to hear his voice? It is because we are friends. We are his friends. He has called us friends. Friends communicate. Friends communicate. The communication that we have with our friends is not mechanical. Now, mechanical communication is like 
what we do with machines. You see, we communicate with machines. We, I communicate with this iPad. I communicate with this phone. And how do I communicate? Like right now, I know I'm here, and I'll, I'll go and choose whichever Bible I want. And when I tap that Bible, it is what I expect to open. I don't expect anything else. Information, data has been embedded in it. And it operates on that data that has been embedded in it. In other words, it has no will of its own. That is mechanical. You communicate with a car. How do you communicate with a car? You switch on the start button. You, you switch on the ignition. And there is a response you expect, and it is that. There is no day that car will be like, eh, but where will you want us to go today? <laughs> you know, there is no day that car will say that. It has no input. There has been... There is a system that has been put in it. There is what? Software, data that has been put in it to operate in a certain way. That's how you operate your blender. You know, that's how you operate your kettle. That's how you operate your heater. That's how you operate your watch. Your, we have mechanical communication with all these gadgets. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, some of us had that with our parents. Hallelujah. And even today, I remember this week, I don't remember what we were doing with Ada. Then my wife looked at me and I just told Ada, Ada, you see how she's looked at us? We better get our acts together. And you see now, that was mechanical. We just, we just saw how she looked at us and I told Ada, we better, <laughs> we better behave. And we, we, we had to behave. So some of you, your mom just looked at you. And you knew that you didn't have to be sick anymore. You had to put on your school uniform and go to school. <laughs> now, that, 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 was, that was mechanical, yes? That was mechanical. And <laughs> But that is not how normal relationships should work. And one of the greatest gifts that God has given to us is a free will. You know, for a long time, especially when I just when I just got so serious with God, the power of God fell upon me. I used to think that that was a curse, not a blessing. I thought that having a free will was a curse and not a blessing. Because I felt like I just do everything because I have free will and God can never control me. I really wanted God to control me. I prayed many times and said, God control me. And you know, I had preachers tell me, no, God cannot violate that. He's given you your free will. And I'm like, God, in my free will, I give it back to you. This is freely, I give it back to you. Control me. I want to do what you want to do. It is my will, isn't it? I'm giving it to you, God, please. I've chosen in my free will to give you my free will. And God never took it. He never controlled me. Why? Because... Relationship will always thrive on free will. It is just like people. Many times when I see people who are who are dating, and you know, a guy or a lady says, "I don't love you anymore." And yeah, I normally wonder. I, I say, "Are you crazy to still like you want somebody to to love you because you you bribed them to love you?" you know, it's it's different from pursuing boy child. I'm not telling you stop pursuing. <laughs> You pursue if you're still pursuing. <laughs> don't be lazy. <laughs> People will come very fast. So, <laughs> don't be lazy. That, that's not what I'm talking about. But, you see, sometimes you're like, clearly, like, what, what, you know, even if, like, I was pursuing my wife, I wanted her to love me. 
don't want to be with somebody in the house who I dragged in the house. You get what I mean? Yeah. I wanted to, to, to wake up and know that she's missing me. I need to go home to somebody who is missing me. And that is the purpose God gave us a free will. Now telling us that is why our worship is more powerful than the worship of angels. I know that confounds a lot. Many people want to worship like angels. I want to worship like a human being. Yeah. God had all those angels worshiping. You know they have more keys than we have on earth. Okay, I don't know. But the, 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 the God created, he says he's looking for true worshipers. He's looking for those that will worship him in truth and spirit. Angels cannot worship him in truth and spirit. They cannot. It is mechanical. The software has been put in them to wake up and say, holy, holy, you know. It's just, I worship out of choice. It is a free will. I choose to. I see all that he has done for me. I see his greatness. Angels never wake up and they're like, wow, good. I can also say I was once lost, but I'm now found. No angel can say that. So God, he says he inhabits the praises of his people. He cannot resist our praises. Look at people who praise in the Bible and worship. Look at the things that God did for these people. So our worship is more. Why? Because he gave us a free will. He knows that we choose him. Angels don't choose him. They were created in his presence. They were created to stay there, to work there. But we choose him. It is just like you going and looking for an employee, putting out an advert, and seeing another person leave what they are doing. You knew they had something important they were doing, and they come and say, I want to work for you. You know that is very different? They came by choice. They came by choice. So, relationship will thrive because of free will. That is where relationship will thrive. And God has given us that. He's given us a free will. That is why his communication with us is not mechanical. And that is why last Sunday, talking about some of the misconceptions that we've had, was that that God is speaking every time. I told you that's not true. God is not speaking every time. God is speaking when we listen. Otherwise, it would not be a real relationship. You know, we, 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 we say that because we are so used to religion. You know, religion is just full of do's and don'ts. Religion is norms. It is just, this is what I do, this is, you know, it's very mechanical, it's, it's, it's ah, my input is done, God, yours, you, you know, you, you know, I've come, I've gone to church, I've given my tithe, now, your part, now, you know, that, that, is, that, is, that is what religion is about. But when we came to him, we came to a relationship, we came to a relationship, it is a relationship, and if it is a relationship, he really desires that we hear his voice. It is not mechanical. He's not just controlled us or just put a certain way in which we are going to behave. He expects our input. It, this is going to get more exciting. Look at your neighbor and tell them, stop looking very serious. It's going to be exciting. We'll... Tell them, don't scare pastor away. Hallelujah. But are you not so glad that God gave us a free will? God gave us a free will. He didn't give stones. He didn't give all those things. And Pastor Paul was sharing on, on, on Thursday and he was talking about how 
It's true man was given dominion because of what man is doing. And it's true. And it's because of the free will. Look at how far we've come. Definitely in, 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 to God, <laughs> we are still a long way to go. But as human beings, you know, yesterday I was, I was watching a video and I was looking at, you see these, these machines, these, what, what, what do you call them? Cuts or these the ones that are used to sweep the roads and wash. Nairobi, we don't really wash roads. Do we wash roads? Maybe so. But there are countries where roads are washed. So you see, it's, it's, I don't know what that machine is called, but it's not a tractor because it washes the road. Hallelujah. So it has brushes down, they wash, it collects trash, and trash is kept. It has a, a box inside where trash is kept. So as the brushes run, they, they take every, every trash. So I was looking at a, a, a video of, is it 1960 what? This was new technology as in invented, and it is very hard for people to comprehend it. People believe that broom works better. You know, as in, it was hard to market this thing. And you know, God is like, wow. Finally, you've, you, you, you've started using your brain. You know, it's, it's like God has given us dominion. You know, now we are like, oh, now we can, we can send a monkey to Mars. God is like, really? Really? There are more than a billion planets. You know, <laughs> you're still in your, not even, not even the... Full what? The, 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 our galaxy, just the solar system. Just in our solar system, we are, we, you know, we are figuring out our solar system. So imagine how God, you know, God is so great. <laughs> God is so big. He created such a big universe. We are on such a small earth, and like we are being told, this earth, the sun alone is a million times bigger than the earth. It is one of the smallest stars, and it is just in our solar system. And that's how far we have gone. As in we, yeah, and we are arrogant already. Yeah, we've gone to the moon, we've gone. And God is like, really? Talking like, they talk like our kingdom. That is where the word apostle comes from, actually. We normally talk about apostle as just a saint one. But the original word from which apostle comes was a word that was used in the Roman government, the Roman, the Roman Empire. The emperor used to send somebody to a far land, a place that is not Rome. used to send them there, and he would send them with chefs, engineers, architects, doctors, fashion designers. He used to send them that way. And so he's like, okay, if they are going to, maybe that time was Israel or wherever they are going, let the chefs teach the people our Roman foods. Let the architects design Roman architecture Let, until if the emperor is to come and visit, he doesn't feel like he's in a new world. That is what the word apostle is. That's why he said, occupy until I come. Make this place look as much as heaven as it can. Praise the Lord. Make it look as much as heaven as it can. We are the saint ones and that requires relationship and we have to be friends. We need to hear his voice. Hallelujah. Let's go to Genesis chapter 18. We'll read from verse 17 to 33. A long portion, but a good one. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Now you see, from the New Testament we've read, he said, I don't call you servants, and I call you friends, because I have revealed, I have told you things. So the basis of friendship is that. 
that you get to know things. You get to know things about your friend. Not every friend you have on Facebook is your friend. So God is speaking to Abraham and he's saying, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Look at the purpose for God speaking to Abraham. This was not to give Abraham an instruction. It was not to tell him, go to another land. It was not to tell, as in, God is just there and thinking about his friend. Shall I hide this from my friend? <laughs> you get what I mean? As in, this is something God would have done without inquiring from Abraham. But because he's a friend. Yeah, let's go on. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord. This is how friends speak. These things had not happened. Look at the good things that Abraham is speaking. God is speaking about Abraham. I know him. He shall be a great nation. He shall command his children. They shall walk in my ways. None of these had happened before. None of these had happened before. But that is, a, and isn't that how we speak about our friends? Isn't that how we recommend them? Isn't that how we say, oh, so and so, he will do a good job. He's not yet done it. I say, he will do, hey, that guy, he's the best. He's very good. He will do this. He will do this for you. God is speaking highly about Abraham. He's a good friend. He's a good friend. To do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken out of him. And, and the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will not. And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. You see, this man was a friend. If everyone comes to God waiting for instruction or, for, or, or, or to bring their what? shopping list or their, their to-do list to God. And after they've presented the list, they go away. But he says, Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Abraham did not go away. Abraham expects his friend to speak. Abraham expects to hear something from the Lord. This was his friend. He didn't want to leave in a hurry. He didn't want to leave his company in a hurry. And Abraham drew near and said, Will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Will thou also destroy and not spare the place of the 50 righteous that are therein. And you know, you would think God would be like, Abraham, are you questioning my judgment? You know, that's what you would think that God would be. And I know this, you know, you may ask, how do you know this? It's not doctrine, it's not in the Bible, but I know that Abraham knew there were no 50 people. And he said, oh, pastor, you may be wrong. I know I'm not wrong. I, oh, how? We will ask him when we get to heaven. But you see, <laughs> I just know Abra Lot was in, in, in these cities. So I'm sure Abraham knew something. It, 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 the Bible talks about righteous Lot, as in there's just one, right? And if there were 50, somehow, at least Abraham would have thought, maybe there are 20, but you know, 50, that was a long shot. He was really trying. And God does not get mad, because you know, you'd think God would be like, Abraham, Abra for my sake, you know there are not 50. But 
Abraham goes on. That be far from thee to do after this manner. To slay. He's actually, he's, he's, you know, you may think he's manipulating God. Yeah? He's, he's, he's telling God, if there be 50, then he does not wait for God to answer. I know you, you can't do that. You know, so that God feels so good about himself and also agrees, no, I can't do that. You know, that's how Abraham is talking. And this conversation goes on and goes on and till, till you go to verse 33. You know, he gets to verse 33 and after asking for 10 and then he says, the Lord went his way. Yeah? And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left, communing, you can underline that, communing with Abraham. And Abraham turned into his place. This is before Jesus died. This is before there could be a relationship like the one we are entitled to. But Abraham would commune with God. And the Lord went his way. The Lord was patient because this was his friend. The Lord didn't say at the end, why didn't you just start with 10? You know, as in he waited 10, 40, I mean 50, 40, 30, up to 10. Abraham's fear to say, God spoke to me. God told me. God who created you with a mouth. God who created you able to speak. Him he can't. We believe he's mute. That is a lie. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That is one of the greatest lies that the devil has ever propagated. To deprive people of hearing the voice of God. And like I told you, many will claim, especially like that deep what? Baptist or what? First Baptist. They really stick to once that which is perfect has come, the imperfect shall be dealt with. And to them that means the Bible. They believe that the Old Testament is what was imperfect. And now that the, it was canonized up to revelation, they believe now the perfect came. God does not need to speak anymore. We don't need miracles anymore. You know, as they say that since these things came, now miracles are not for today. They happen. You see, he said you prophesy in part, you do this in part, but when the perfect is come, all that shall be dealt with. So the Bible finally came. That is so wrong. That is so wrong. It is like what I said. That God was, he was speaking to Moses and what? And as he was in a hurry getting his publisher to publish his book. And once the book was published, like now I can't speak anymore. The book is there. They got the book. The book of God, the Bible, is the basis for whatever God speaks to us. He will never violate it. It is the standard. But it is not the only way that God speaks to us. And... The Logos, the Logos guides us. It gives us that basis. But the Rema word, the spoken word of God, the voice of God guides us into specifics. Like I told you last time, you're not going to, if you're waiting to read in the Bible to see that Mary Sharon, no. There are many things that we see up today. I came to Kenya. God sent me to Kenya to come and minister here. I never read it in the Bible. I never read in the Bible that now in 2014 you shall go to Kenya. You get what I mean? A lot has happened that we are doing Ignite. We've never read in the Bible, go do Ignite meetings in Siaya, in Kisumi, in where? Many things. Words of knowledge that have been given here and every place. They've not been read from the Bible. The Bible is now the basis 
as I hear a word of knowledge about somebody, the scrutiny should be, is it in line with the word of God? Praise the Lord. Is it in line with the logos? This is the word of God. But God will speak. His voice will speak. He will speak to us. And there are many things. Many of you have received prophecies that have changed your life for the better. That have changed your life for something that is so good. Something that is very, very, you know, you can only, only attribute it to God. God still speaks. So he says, I have many things to say. He's interested in saying. He's interested in speaking. Lord, I have many things to do to you. I have many things to, 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 to you know, I have many, I don't know, circumstances to, to play around. Yeah. But you cannot bear them now. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you. If he had stopped there, it would still be confusing. See, yes, he guides us by the earthquake. He guides us by... I know cockroaches are guided by the earthquake. Yeah, cockroaches, I was told cockroaches sense earthquakes very far. If you, if you have them in your house, keep them. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> when an earthquake is coming, you see them migrate from one side and before it's even announced that there is an earthquake coming, they will, yeah, you will just see them go to another side of the house. If your windows are open, it will go like to the neighbor. <laughs> even your microwave, they will leave. For he shall not speak of himself. Now you see, he's, he's not left it at guide. He'll guide you in all truth. But he says, he shall not, now he is speaking. His guidance shall be by speaking. He is speaking to us. He speaks. He is not mute. He speaks. But whatsoever he shall hear, he also hears. The Holy Spirit. That shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He will speak to you. And he will show you things to come. Some of the things that he's going to show us to come are not necessarily the things that you can directly read. That is why people have been so confused because they are not listening to the Holy Spirit. They've read the Bible and they've thought these are the things to come. Do you know how many ends of the world have survived? <laughs> Some of you have not survived any. But there were prophets that were, were prophesying how the world is coming to an end. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah, they are prophesying how the world is going to come to an end. But you realize that clearly they were not shown the things to come. <laughs> the Holy Spirit shall speak and he shall show you. He would have said the Holy Spirit will only teach you directly from the word. But he's saying he will speak. He will speak. He will speak. There are things that we are enjoying today because the Holy Spirit has spoken. Great things that God has spoken to us. You'll do this, you'll do this. Hmm? We've gone for missions many times and God has spoken even before we go out. Because see, that used to be a great practice. We pray in the morning and we say anything that God is showing you. And God would speak. I remember when we were going to... Yeah, Makui, I think Makui. Remember one morning we were praying and God told me you will meet a man like this with a yellow jerry can doing this and this and he will, he will get born again. Something like that. And you know how it's exciting to meet such a man. 
Know that there is no yellow jerrycan in the Bible. They are pots and they didn't tell us they are color. You get what I mean? Yes. So such specifics the Holy Spirit shows us. He speaks to us. They make like friends live a good life that way. You know, there are people that you hang around and because you're used to speaking, you're not, you're not scared. You don't know what not to do. You know, I've gone for many sleepovers to Aizu and Sally's place. You know, even right now, you know where the water dispenser is? I hope they didn't change it last night. But you see, when I go in, I don't ask, can I have some water? You get what I mean? I can go to their kitchen. We talk. I know, I know they are okay with it. Whoever is not a friend, I go and I'll sit half on that seat and and my legs, I don't know if I'm stepping in somebody's space. Because we've not talked so much. We don't know. It's my first time in that house. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's even legal to leave my socks on or I should also have taken them off. You know, you, you, you don't know whether to ask for the password, Wi-Fi password or not. You know, there are those houses you, you just sit and you... But you see, a friend that you've been talking, you, there is a way you know. These are, they, they are, because you're friends, there is a lot that you know. You know how to do different things. And that is why he gave the Holy Spirit. So that he speaks to us. So that we can know the Father. We can know him well. And there are things that we know how to do. He speaks to us. That's why in our church we laugh. Praise the Lord. Most churches where they don't hear the voice of God, they don't laugh. They are very serious. Praise the Lord. Because they are not so sure. They need to sit in their space. What if they offend God by laughing? Hallelujah. What if they scare him? What if they laugh and they scare him? They can't also pray loudly. You know, they say, let's pray. You need to be loud. They think God is nervous. But we know him. He speaks to us. Yeah, we don't think that if we are he's going to be like, what is happening right there? No. We know him. He speaks to us. We have a relationship. Hallelujah. He gives us a relationship. And if you continue speaking to somebody, you continue hearing their voice, there are choices that you will make without their direct involvement, and you will know that that choice will please them. And as we go on talking about hearing the voice of God, you will see in Acts that, that it seemed pleasing to the apostles. It, it seemed right to them. They didn't even inquire. They didn't even go, Holy Spirit, is this real? And the Holy Spirit endorsed what they had done. Look at how Peter chose. How they chose the seven men to serve. The, the men to serve. The deacons. You, know, you would think that Peter would say, let's pray and see the people that God puts our fire on. No. This, when, when we read, when we do in theology, when, when we read, when we do in theology, we believe that there was a silent period. 400 years of... So we think that God just... <laughs> You know, God is the author of talking. Before he created anything that talks, he was talking. He used to talk. So imagine all of a sudden, 400 years, he can't talk anymore. <laughs> the issue is that during that time, there were no people listening. There are no people valuing the voice of God. There are no people who counted it precious. So people were not hearing. And now we've been made to believe that God was not speaking. God spoke to those angels. There were things going on. One of the strongholds that hinders us from hearing the, his voice 
he thinking that he was closer, more friendly, or made it more plain to the people we read about in the Bible. Many times we say, if God spoke to me the way he speaks to Abraham, it would be so, uh, it would not be hard. So whenever we read the Bible, we feel like those guys were at another level. Like, man, God spoke to these guys. His voice was clear to them. It was, you know, people ask, but why is it so hard to hear God's voice today? It, it seems so easy in those days. No. Man fell. And the Bible says, he told him, that the day you eat of that fruit, you shall die. He meant dying spiritually. Dying spiritually means not being sensitive to the spirit world, not to the spirit of God. Not being sensitive to, how, to that world. You are dead to that world. You know, like, when we were in East Pocot, when you meet some of the people in East Pocot, they are dead to our world here. Literally dead. The things we do don't appeal to them. You get what I mean? They wonder. They wonder some of the things, just like I was telling you, that whole place, Kapa, where we were, there is no pit latrine. So imagine now the school that has begun, there are those primary children now when they're being taught maybe hygiene and what, and you're, you're trying to tell them we go to our toilet and what, they don't relate. This, this is not their world. They don't relate at all. When Reverend Patrick went there, he said for most of them it was the first time to see a bicycle. They saw his bicycle and they are coming to town. Bicycle. Less than five hours from Nairobi. That's here. Yeah. That is their world, a different world. They are dead to this world. Because of the fall of man, we became dead to the world of God. And that is why mind renewal is a key theme of the New Testament. I've talked about that when we were talking about spirit, soul, and body. We we're talking about that. That as we renew our minds by the word of God, we are removing that old mentality. We, we are tuning ourselves to the reality of this new world that we've come to. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So because of the fall of man, Everyone had to learn and grow and mature when it came to hearing the voice of God. Even the people in the Bible that you think it was so obvious to, the ones we admire, I'm just going to show you examples right now and you're going to be, your mouth is going to be like, what? Why did I think it was easier for them? The truth is that it is easier for you today. You have the Holy Ghost. For these guys, the Holy Ghost came to them once in a while. He came upon them once in a while. Hearing the voice. That is why the Bible says that these men of old wrote. Or they saw things as they wrote about the salvation that was coming. They wondered what kind of salvation this would be. Angels look into these things and they don't fathom them. Angels, they admired our time. It would be so, you know, if you met Samuel, the prophet, and you told him, I wish I could hear God that I used to hear, Samuel will faint. Because he admires what we have. Ezekiel admires what we have. They feel like what we have is better. What we have is better. Okay, let's say you're walking in Utawala where God speaks. Yes. <laughs> yeah? And you see a burning bush. You're not going to stop and say God is speaking actually. Whenever we've seen burning bush, we want to get water and stop it. We want, we want to tell people, hey, there is a burning bush. But Moses comes close. Actually, the attention, his attention is God because it's not burning out. 
So who knows if it was for days? Who knows if it was for months? Who knows if he came every day? You see, the Bible does not tell us how long the bush burned on. So he may have brought the sheep the next day and saw the bush burning. Third day, he sees the, sheep, the, the bush burning. <laughs> I wish it was the sheep. <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> they were not his sheep. He did not eat them. But he says, so this time he comes and he's like, let me look keenly. Why isn't this bush being consumed? And because his shoes had sheep dung, God like, Moses, take off your shoes. This is a holy place. And Moses is wondering why. And you know, God tries to convince him, you know, because we think it was easy. Oh, put your hand in the shirt, remove. God, he throws a rod, he turns into a snake. Moses tries to run, tells him, don't run, do this. And after all that, Moses is still not agreeing. Moses, who you think it was easy for to hear the voice of God. See, like, you know, if you think if you just saw just a snake, you know, it just shows up in your house, you would believe God, isn't it? Now, <laughs> for, for Moses, it was made right in, before his sight. It, it's not a snake that walked from out. Yeah, I know for many of you, a snake shows up and you hear Jesus, like all of a sudden, you believe in him more than you've ever believed. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I've told you this story but it is so relevant today and it is not to embarrass anyone <laughs> we were in camp my wife Sally they were sleeping in the same room so they call us there is a snake in our room so we come with a zoo ready to kill a snake what do we find in the room a lizard <laughs> But you see, it depends on perspective. Maybe the side they saw it from. <laughs> so the, imagine Moses, after all those things, still he says, who shall I tell them? Who sent me? Moses was not still sure of who he was speaking to. After all those miracles happened, he was still not sure who he was speaking to the first to say, is it my mind oh God? You're not the first. Maybe you're even better. After God showing you all those things, at least you would have said, this is surely God. Moses is still asking, who shall I say? He says, oh, I stutter, I'm a stammerer. As if God would say, oh, myself, how did I forget that? You know, I, I, I think Moses expected God to say, oh, myself, how did I, how did I forget that? How did I forget that? <laughs> yeah, it's like God was. He was all this time. He was speaking. Then all of a sudden, he realized actually he's a stammerer. <laughs> I think I went to the wrong person. Until God is even God is angry with Moses because God is failing to convince Moses that he's God. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw an interview of, of uh, what is his name, Ron Atkinson the Mr. Bean guy, where he was talking about how he meets people and they're like, you look like Mr. Bean. You've seen that today? And he's like, um, Mr. Bean. I'm like, you almost got me. <laughs> I'm like, so canny. Actually, the resemblance. 
you know, and he really struggles to convince them that he's the one. <laughs> and they never believe. So God really tried to convince, to convince Moses. And that he will be with him. And that God can do whatever he's saying he will do. Until God was almost mad and told him, okay, your brother Aaron will go with you. And Aaron ended up making a golden calf and telling people, this is your God who brought you. Imagine, how could he say that? He was there all the way, living, going to Egypt with Moses. He saw the whole story. And he can boldly tell the people, these are your gods who brought you out of Egypt. You know, at times you think these guys were better than us. <laughs> this guy had heard God speak. Aaron had heard God speak. He had seen all these miracles. His staff was used in these miracles. And he makes a golden calf and says, these are your gods who brought you out of Egypt. Maurice Arnold wrote a book called Proof Producers. And in Proof Producers, there's a chapter called They Sat Where We Sit. Powerful book. That changed my mindset. I was in high school when I read that book. I had that book, Proof Producers, and T.L. Osborne, How to Be Born Again and Your God's Best. Man, go read Proof Producers if you've never read Proof Producers. Because God came, God, in this encounter, God is speaking to Maurice Cerullo, and he's asking Cerullo, uh, who of the Bible characters would you want to be? So he chooses. He says, Abraham. He says, why Abraham? Oh, Abraham was a man of faith. Abraham was a friend of God. Abraham, and God asks him, if somebody came to take your wife, would you allow them? Says God, you know that would be over my dead body. And God told him, Abraham himself went and gave his wife to somebody. <laughs> and so, you know, he just realized, oh, this guy, like, he's not as perfect as I thought. As in, for you, it would be over your dead body. Abraham, twice, actually. He, 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 he just gave. They, they, they didn't fight. There's no fight. His who came and is like, ah, now when we get there, you tell them you're, you're my sister. And, you know, just like easily. He, he's even, he even has, he, he even has a, a choice to go, go another direction. You get what I mean? But he prepares in advance before they get where they are going. <laughs> yeah, let's go now. Yeah, so he says, no, 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 I don't want to be Abraham. So he says, okay, who would you want to be? He says, I want to be Moses. What did he tell him about Moses? I don't remember. But yeah, he said Moses had face to face and this and this. And he told him, God, if I, if God asked him, if I showed you my miracles and this and this and this, would you doubt me? Would you disobey me? Or He says, no. God, you know I have obeyed you even without seeing miracles and what I have obeyed you. And he shows him, yeah, look at Moses. Uh, you know all that. Then he says, who else would you want to? He's like, David, I want to be David. David was a man after your own heart. And says, okay, you want to be David. Would you, would you kill David, murdered somebody and what and all that? Until he said, God, I want to be Morris. And I want to be Morris. And God told him, yes, they sat where you sit. They sat where you sit. It was not easy for Moses to hear the voice of God. It was not that obvious. Yeah? When you look at, you look at Joshua, how many times in Joshua 1 did God reassure him? Joshua 1, 9. Yeah? 
Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God will be with thee, whithersoever thou goest. God is telling him these things. And you see many times, fear not. You know, like God is telling him over and over, over and over, over and over. I'll be with you, as I was with Moses. I'll be with you, I'll be. He had to reassure him. So when you hear stories in retrospect, when people hear, you know, there's, uh, you know, you know, the, the, this week I was in Uganda. So one guy was asking me, so how, how did you sound like in 2014? God, God sent me to Kenya. He called me to Kenya and he told me that's why he wants me to. I went with three shirts, three pairs of trousers and I'm like, wow, you are a man of faith. Like you just, you know, when you hear the story in retrospect, it looks so big. It looked like it had no mistakes. It looks like everything was so clear. It looks like God just told me, Benjamin, Benjamin, arise and go to the land of Uhuru Kinyata, my guy. You know, <laughs> you know, that's how it seems. You know, when you say it in research, that's how it seems. But you see, it was, that is why the Bible, you see, all these guys are talked about in Hebrews 11, and it says, by faith by faith. If it was that obvious, it would not have been by faith. It would not have been by faith. It is not by faith if I tell you there is coffee in here, I open, you smell it, and I tell you, take the coffee. You're not taking that coffee by faith. You get what I mean? But if I tell you there is something here, I'll not tell you if it is hot or cold. <laughs> take. <laughs> You may require some faith, especially if it's porridge. <laughs> you may take a deep sip. You first feel the heat. Here. <laughs> Before it burns here. <laughs> and, you, <laughs> and you see, why, once it's here, you can't... <laughs> you, you, you run with your mouth open. <laughs> faith by faith so it would have required no faith if it was obvious to these guys that they just said by faith abraham left in other words as abraham left he was was that really god who spoke to me am i big you get what i mean he says by faith all of them it was by faith and when we read about gideon judges 6 okay let's read verse 17 i was just going to give you these verses but we'll read Judges 6.17 And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. As in God is speaking to him, what many people are longing to see God speak face to face to hear God. And he's telling him, show me a sign that you're talking to me. Show me a sign that you are talking to me. It was not obvious for them. He shows up. This guy is in the... He's, first of all, it's the same way that God shows up today. God shows up and speaks things to us and you, you want to look behind. You get what I mean? Well, like me? 
Remember, you know, when I was in high school, the prophecies that the preachers used to come and give, I really used to wonder. Because I knew that, see, you didn't believe it was me they were prophesying to. Because they knew me. So you shall be a mighty man of God. You shall be, hi, that guy before us. No, it's not him. <laughs> if that guy is going to be a mighty man of God, we shall be angels. You know, so, you know, I'd think that all these guys would come and they would just start prophesying about you. Why do you do this and this and pretend you're a Christian? And I see, I see nations. I looked at you and I saw nations. I see many souls coming to me. And I would be like, who is he talking about? God, have you forgotten? You know, it would be like, God, you don't know the things I'm doing preaching. One time I'm totally, I'm dressed in every illegal thing that you should be dressed in. Hmm? My mouth has some funny things that should not be there in their smelling. And I have a phone. And the guy calls me out and he says very powerful things. Things that are, some are happening today. Our patron is there. I go under the power and I'm like, God, let that phone not come out of that pocket. Let that. <laughs> you know, I didn't. Hey, I tried to fall forward, but my friend, hey, I just feel like. So that guy's like, come here, young man. God is going to use you mightily, great healings, miracles, and God will bless you with a lot of money and only good things. And I'm like, wow. You know, even when he, when he called me out, first of all, because of how I was dressed and what and uh, yeah, funny things. There is, I, I don't know. There is, I, I, I think it is also so lean. In high school, he used to do a lot of it is called what? Kuber. You know, Kuber. Mm, put in. So it smells. It, it really smells. So I've put in my teeth. It's smelling. So I'm thinking after this service, the new patron is just going to be like, come to my office and say, now it's true. You are in the fellowship. I saw the power of God fed upon you, but you need to go home <laughs> on seven accounts. Those shorts are illegal. That shirt was illegal. You had that afro. You meant to shave. You had a smell from your mouth. You... I, 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 and God is faithful. He answers your prayers. He held my phone in there. <laughs> yeah, the pocket. Yeah. I think I should... I, I would even have received a greater impartation, but I was distracted with the phone. Because I was down there just <laughs> thinking. <laughs> that hand, that phone should not come out. And since such a time, you would think that, yeah, you would hear God say funny things about you. You would hear uh, all that. So God shows up to Gideon and says, mighty man of valor. I'm sure Gideon looked around. Because you see, he's hiding. He's a coward. Sissy. Wimpy. You get know what I mean? Yeah, people are meant to be about, go fight the, the army, go fight the enemies, but he's, he's, he's hiding, he's threshing in the wine press, instead of, you know, at least be bold, even if you've not gone to battle, you thresh from outside, where you're meant to thresh from, and he's hiding, this mighty man of valor, <laughs> I don't think Gideon believed those words right away. And he spoke to him, and, no, 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 if you, if you, you really talk to me, give me a sign. And he gave me a sign. Stay here until I cook, until I do this, until I do this. What does that show you? The voice was not just obvious to Gideon, like you may have assumed. It was not. 
it may be easier for you actually. Yeah. By faith, these people believed them, believed God. First Samuel 3, let's read 4 to 5. That the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here I here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I am called not. I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Now, from there he told him, yeah, he, went, he came back another time and then he told him, the next time you hear, say, your servant is here and all that. This is Samuel. He had to learn to hear the voice of God. He had to learn. God is calling almost the greatest prophet in Israel. See how it was not clear to him. Not clear to him. And verse 9. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And that is, he had to be taught. Like we said, it is land. We can mature into it. He had to be taught. He's taught that when you hear, you say this. So that's what shows you by faith. Because Samuel would have said, how? How can I just say to somebody, Lord, is he God? Because this, you see, whenever you see Lord all in capital like that, it is, it is talking about God. It is talking about God. Whenever you see it in King James in capital like that, Elohim, Yahweh, he's talking about God. Jehovah. So Samuel would have said, no, how do I just answer somebody like he's Jehovah? Because he's not sure. By faith. By faith. He answered, and his journey began as a prophet. That is when his journey began. And you know, later, you realize in 1 Samuel 16, we may not read there, but you can go and read, that Samuel almost anointed Eliab. When he was called here, the Bible says in, in one, he says that none of, your, none of his words fell to the ground. Like, he was a great prophet, none of his words fell to the ground. So you know, you think that, wow, Samuel just had such a clarity, he never missed it. This is a prophet. So think about it like a service. Jesse's family has come. And Samuel starts prophesying. Oh, God is going to use you to be a king. And the greatest prophet in Israel. God tells him, you're looking like man. Man looks on the outside. God, That's embarrassing. Greatest prophet. He almost missed it. He almost anointed Eli. This is a significant moment in the history of Israel. David is to be anointed. But Samuel saw Eliab and is like, for sure, this is the one. This is the one. Yes. Yes. That's the one you want? Oh, shall hands tall and handsome. <laughs> so some bra brothers, take yourselves off the list. That, that, that. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You know, the first time I got to know this, it was so amazing to me. Because you see, growing up, you always think, ah, for these guys, the voice was just so obvious. They woke up one day and they, they hear everything clearly. After him being a prophet for years. You see, the time he's speaking to him in First Samuel, he was a boy. By the time he's coming to anoint David, he's a man. He's been there during the reign of Saul. He's the one who anointed Saul, actually. Isn't that amazing? 
So these are many years later and he could still miss the voice of God. Interesting. They sat where we sit. Yeah. Acts 10, 17. I like that the writer of Acts uses the right word. While Peter doubted. <laughs> man who raised the dead. Man who has told the man at the gate beautiful, rise up and walk. The man who has appointed seven men full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. The leader of the church. While Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean. Behold the men which, that is what helped him. And the, if you want the story here, this is when Peter was in Joppa. He went up to pray. And he saw a vision in which God showed him these sheets with animals. And said, take it. He says, you shall not eat what the Lord has considered unclean. Three times. While Peter doubted in himself, as a man of God at this level, you know you would think whatever communication Peter got from God was very clear. Now he doubted himself. What helped is that there are men who came to call him confirming. The men that had been sent by Cornelius. Doesn't that show you that they sat where we sit? God was not closer to them. He was not more friendly to them than he is to you. He didn't choose to make things. And like I said earlier, it is not God who makes it hard for us to hear his voice. God is not hiding. That's his desire. But it is because we have to renew our minds. The un unrenewed mind, that unrenewed mind has obstacles. There are strongholds there that hinder us from getting that clarity. The more we get into the word of God, the more clarity comes to us. The more clarity comes to us. Hallelujah. Acts 9.5, that is Paul. Who art thou, Lord? Now you see here, it is Lord, not in capital. So he wasn't speaking about God. He was just saying, Master. You see, if somebody knocks you on the way, he's your master, isn't it? <laughs> You're busy, you're a Pharisee, you have your bodyguards, you're running and somebody knocks you. You better say, boss. He says, who art thou? Even Paul does not know him. And he's come to him. And he does not know him. It was not that obvious. Yeah, these are a few of the examples I've showed you in the Old and New Testament. A few examples, yeah. But as Exodus 33:11. Exodus 3.11 And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh to, unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Like we were learning about mind renewal, it is so important to tarry. The more we listen to God, and we act on his word. I told you one of the topics in this series is going to be how to value his word. But the more we value his word, that precious word, the more clarity comes to us. Everyone you hear saying, God told me to do this and this and this and this. And many times it is accurate. It is they grew by acting on what God had said. 
they started out. The first time we're hearing Samuel, he's not even sure of who has called him. But I'm sure as he kept yielding to that voice, he came to a place where he could tell Saul where his father's donkeys were. He could tell different things in the kingdom. So he says, Moses spoke as a friend. God wants to speak to us as friends. And he says, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man departed not out of the tabernacle. But we should not leave that place. Pastor Paul was preaching on Thursday and he was saying, availability. That is what God wants. Availability. I said, whenever we pray, the disciples told him, last Sunday I was sharing, the disciples told him, teach us how to pray. 50% of prayer is listening. Are we available to listen? Oh, we are so much in a hurry. Oh, we just come with, here is the shopping list for today. And we walk out. Never come and say, God, what do you have to speak to me? And I may say, oh, I may wait there for God to speak to me. That almost everyone admires. He thought it was the earthquake. He thought it was the fire. He thought it was the mighty wind. But it was a still small voice. Elijah could also have missed the voice of God. A still small voice. Very important. James 2.23 as we finish. And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. That when righteousness was imputed to Abraham, he was called a friend of God. If you are a believer, you're born again, righteousness was imputed unto you. You can be called a friend of God. You can call yourself a friend of God. What made Abraham a friend of God? Righteousness was imputed to him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He made even a sin become sin for us that we might become or be made the righteousness of God in him. That he did not come condemning, imputing sin to mankind. He took on our sin and imputed righteousness upon us. David said, blessed is the man to whom sin is not imputed. Righteousness. You are the one, a friend of God. A friend of God. A friend of God. Imagine, you are a friend of God. You see this even in the, in the, in the New Testament. You see in, in Matthew when Judas Iscariot came to, came to betray him. Judas came and Judas called him master. He said, master. And Judas kissed him. And Jesus said, friend, is it by a kiss that you betray me? Even at that time, to Jesus, Judas didn't lose his status of being a friend. He said, friend, is it by a kiss that you betray me? And he tells him, he tells him in Zechariah prophesying, in chapter 13, verse 6, he says, these are the wounds. Yeah? These are the wounds that I got at, my, at the household of my friends. This is messianic. Yeah? And one shall say unto him, What are these wounds in thine hands? 
Then he shall answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. The ones that wounded Jesus. This is Messianic prophecy. By my friends. By my friends. That our sins were imputed on him. Those wounds that are on him are because of us. Because of our sin nature. Because we had rejected him. And he says, they were from the house of my friends. We are his friends. He wants to talk to his friends. He wants our friendship to get better. And never allow that stronghold to stay in your mind that it was easier for him to speak to men in the Bible than it is to speak to us. You have seen that they also had to grow. They had to learn to hear the voice of God with such clarity. And like we learned last Sunday, we can learn and we can mature. You can learn and mature in hearing the voice of God. Do you copy? <laughs> you now feel like soldiers. You feel like soldiers, yeah? Some of the greatest things that we remember about our relationship with God are not necessarily the mighty things he did out there. We've seen great things that God has done. But many times it is the times he spoke to us. Those are, they remain, they, because you see, that is what the friendship is about. That is why he really, he's really interested in us hearing his voice. There are things. I've seen things. I've seen miracles. I've laid hands on lame people. We have seen. We've seen testimonies that we have here on video. I've prayed for deaf people. I've prayed for blind people. I've given prophecies in different places. I've preached and the power of God fell and the ground shook. Amazing. That was in Uganda in a place called Kumi. You know, seen a number of things that are amazing. And some of them are not the things I immediately like remember. They were so spectacular. Some of them it took me months even to get from that moment. But the things that he spoke to me, just like I was telling you, these prophecies, even just hearing from this man, they marked me. God speaking good things to me when I didn't think I deserved to hear those good things. When I thought that all that should be spoken to me is how unserious you are. How do you do this and this and this? And God came and reassured me. As in he gave us the status of a friend and he's not changing that. And you see that, that has, as a person that has also, I, I feel like, you know, sometimes, you know, I saw recently there is a post, I, I think Bright was, Bright commented and Bright was saying, Pastor, what, is it you're so patient or you're so something gracious? But you know, I don't think that, I don't think that is natural. I think that is because of what I've also seen God do in my life. You know, that times I really, really thought, maybe it was in my young theology, but at times I thought that God would say to hell with you. And you know, for him, if he says to hell with you, it's literal. You know, it's, yeah, it's not a figure of speech. So that times I expected him to say to hell with you. Other times he said, I have chosen you. You, you know. So at times when I look at people disturbing me as their pastor, at times I get tired, but I remember. I remember what he's done with me also. I'm like, he's been patient with me. He has all, like I've remained a friend. When I thought that he was going to expose my dirty linen, 
You know, like when he spoke many of these good things, especially during the times I was so bad, he always made sure he spoke them before people. As in he painted a good picture of me before people. Like that was so amazing. Like he's a very gracious God, a very wonderful God. He's given us that status of a friend. I remember in 2015, 28th May, you know, I can never forget such a thing. I've not written it down anywhere. I've never recorded it down anywhere. But in 28th May, 2015, I had this experience, this encounter. Jesus came into that my one-bedroom house. First of all, I felt like, wow, he comes to my one-bedroom house. You know what I mean? I didn't have seats at that time. As pacing, praying, something was bothering me. During that time, we were, we were still dating with my wife, and uh, we were in courtship. And there were, I think just because of being a minister and a pastor, at that time, no one had prepared me enough. But, you know, if you are a minister, you're standing up there, then you get in a relationship, expect people to speak. So people are speaking different things that, you know, are not true. And, and you know, when people speak such things, especially because they are close to you, they are so easy to believe. So many things that were really, really, they were bothering me, they were bothering us. So at that time, I'm there praying. I'm like, God, God. And Jesus, in this experience, he spoke to me, and he told me, you have me. As in I have him, I own him, I possess him, he's mine. Hey. I forgot about whatever, whatever people want to speak about. And the truth is that they've never stopped speaking, and they may never stop. Because you see, we are growing. Praise the Lord. As long as you grow, there will be things that will be spoken. But man, you know that, as in that's that, that moment, it's like that, that moment was greater than any miracle that I have seen. Any, like him coming. You know, it, would be diff- it was very different from coming and reading Hebrews. I will never forsake you nor leave you. That was different. Now when I read that, it carried more weight. But he came and told me, you have me. You have me. You know, I called my wife, not my wife then. I called her. I told her, this is what God has spoken to me. This man. I think those first few, those services there, I think I preached, I just kept speaking about that. We have God. I have God. It was very exciting. Like he spoke to me. Those moments. He's our friend. And he's called you friend. And he's the one who has chosen you to be friend. So it's not going to be a lot of your hard work to make him love you. To make him make you a friend. You don't need to post your best picture. You don't need to take a picture in the best restaurant or the best plane or the best. You don't need to. On Facebook, we may need that. You see, yeah, there are friends who are going to like us because we posted. We were with a friend. They esteemed so highly. You get what I mean? Yeah, if I post a picture of me and Kanye West, anyway, I'll just keep it on my phone. Let me leave it there. But you see, I will get many friends. Say, oh, he knows that guy. I better get close to him. But... That is not what God is looking for. God is not ready for He's chosen. You can hear him speak to you. You can hear him talk to you. You can hear him lead you. That you don't anymore need to grope in the dark. Hustle in life to figure out what is my purpose. What is this? That everything is trial and error. No. 
that with, with his voice there can be clarity. There can be clarity. Like the few examples that I have given here. Oh, it's been amazing. It's been amazing to have clarity on some issues. It's been very amazing. Going into something so sure that this is of God and it is ordained of God. And you know the outcome. So you can start that life today. You can start that relationship today.